Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, seven weeks ago when we began this series on stewardship, I asked you a very important question. Can you see the full picture? Since that time, we have examined many different aspects of our stewardship and how we respond to the consistent and overwhelming faithfulness of God toward us. We've attempted to expand that picture of what it means to be faithful stewards. Having reached a conclusion today with our commitment weekend and a celebration, I want to once again ask you the question, can you see the full picture. In my previous congregation, we went through a capital campaign, and it all culminated in a commitment weekend much like this one. Time to bring forward pledges and offerings and a time to celebrate. As is the case today, I was up to preach for this occasion. We stuck to the lectionary readings that were assigned for that particular reading, and this was the Old Testament reading that was assigned for that particular day, I kid you not, from Amos chapter 5. This is the Lord speaking. I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs, to the melody of your harps, I will not listen. What on earth am I supposed to do with this, I thought. And this is about the worst text you could possibly ask for for a commitment weekend. You know, as I thought about it some more, I realized that the Holy Spirit was revealing something important to me. He was showing me that for God's people, there is a good way to go about stewardship and celebration, and there's a bad way to go about it. There's a faithful approach and an unfaithful one. Our first two readings for this morning that Pastor Schultz read highlight these two very different approaches. In the reading from Luke, we see a man who has been given a lot. And like us, he wants to undertake a building project. He wants to tear down his barns and build bigger ones. But this building project is all about him. It's all about making sure he is taken care of and that he has the opportunity to relax and eat and drink and live off his riches for years and years and years. He is only being rich toward himself, cares nothing for the outer world, cares nothing for God. Everything is about maximizing his image, his prosperity, his enjoyment. Dear friends, I cannot stress this enough. If what we are doing today is about maximizing our image, our prosperity, our enjoyment, then we are going about this the wrong way. 
If all this is just for the glory of St. Paul, then I pray that it will fail. If we're being rich toward ourselves and not rich toward God, then this is not a celebration that God looks down on and delights, and it is what Amos 5 is referring to. Instead, the more faithful approach to a day like today is what was given us in that first reading from Exodus 35. It's a beautiful text. It's a wonderful text. It's about another building project, the building of the tabernacle. And this text highlights three things that I think we need to take to heart and consider on a day like this. Number one, no one is coerced into bringing a contribution. There's no salesmanship from the leaders. Instead, the text says that everyone brings freely because his spirit was moved to do so. Number two, this text really gives us the full scope of what stewardship is, that it's not just about material goods or financial resources. Yes, the tabernacle needed those things too. They needed people to sacrifice and give their gold and their silver and their bronze. They needed that but they also needed people to use their gifts. And people step forward freely and contribute both. They give enough financial resources and material goods to get the project done, and they use their gifts faithfully together to make this project flourish. It is a beautiful picture of God's people coming together. Number three, all of this is done for the glory of God. There's no selfishness presented in the text. There's no concern about the people's image or reputation. It's all about Yahweh, the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who has blessed the people and who's led them out of slavery to Egypt. It's all about him. Your brothers and sisters, in just a moment, We'll have a time for us to be able to commit ourselves. And as we do so, I want to follow that model of Exodus 35. And I want to keep these three things in mind. Number one, there's no coercion. There's no salesmanship. I am confident in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will stir hearts. He is the only motivator that we need. Number two, we need your financial contributions, yes. We need people to step up and sacrifice gold and silver and bronze. It's a huge financial undertaking after all. But we need all of you. We need your prayers, your talents, your time. Because these are the things that give life to the buildings that we have. Number three, all of this is done for the glory of God. It's not about St. Paul's glory, St. Paul's image or reputation. It is all for him. It is all for the Lord, our God, the one who has given us countless blessings, the one who has led us out of our slavery to sin and death. Everything we do, everything we do is for him and him alone. And if we keep these three things at the forefront of today, 
then I am confident that God looks down on this and he is delighted in this celebration. That he will honor and bless us in what we do. All of us, every generation, faithful together, all for the glory of God. That's what this is all about. So do you see it yet? Do you see the full picture? Nah, you don't. You don't see it. I don't see it. Because whatever picture we have in our minds right now, it isn't big enough. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, Paul says in Ephesians 3. Did you hear those words? God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Get a bigger frame, get a bigger canvas, because what we have is not big enough for the picture that God has in store for us. God has been hard at work doing far more abundantly than all that we could ask and think for generations. He has been doing far more abundantly than what every generation before us could have possibly imagined. When our founders established St. Paul in 1851, they could have never imagined the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who would hear the word of God and be pointed to Jesus in this place, in our sanctuary, in our classrooms. They had plans, yes. They were faithful together, yes, but God wanted more, abundantly more. And for over 170 years, God has been doing abundantly more right here at St. Paul. It is my prayer that God continues to do abundantly more for such a time as this. That God opens our hearts to do more than simply build on that he opens our hearts to that diligent work of equipping every generation to live rooted in Jesus. I don't want us to be content anymore with only half our eighth graders being faithful after graduation. God wants abundantly more than that. I don't want us to be content with empty pews or scattered worship attendance. God wants abundantly more than that. I don't want us to be content with people merely being connected to St. Paul School or connected to St. Paul Church. God wants abundantly more than that. He wants people who are connected to Jesus Christ in an active, thriving, growing relationship. God wants abundantly more than people on our rolls or kids who are enrolled. He wants committed disciples, lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. God wants so much more. And he gives more. He gives grace upon grace upon grace. The grace of God, it doesn't stay in the lines of our picture. No, 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 it goes way beyond the boundaries. God has been doing far more abundantly than what you could ask or think in your own life. 
Yes. He'll do it for all of us. The blessed saints of St. Paul Lutheran. So where do we go from here? What is the picture? What is that full picture of our future at St. Paul? God only knows. Let's think bigger. Every generation faithful together, thinking bigger and bigger and bigger because God wants to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. To him be the glory forever and at all. Amen.